Yo, Technical File Podcast, it's your boy Abdi. Yo, it's your boy King Tesfai. It's your boy Lil Gap. And today we're going to be talking some more about the free agency and what had transpired throughout the past couple of weeks. Um, we're going to be talking about our favorite, who, who we think our favorite teams were so far, the favorite, our favorite pickups, and uh, the, the surprising team. So like the team that everyone, you know what I'm saying, is looking forward to watch. Um, also, Kyrie Irving yesterday made a, a few statement, actually a big statement regarding him himself, his mental health, the health of the world in general, and and the media and the press. And we're going to be talking about that as well. And then we're going to end the, the, the episode talking about um, the Russell Westbrook and the John Wall trade. So first of all, Johannes, how you been, bro? Bro, I've been good, man. It's, it feels like it's been like two months, man. Yeah, it feels like ages, man. Yeah, how you been? I've been, I've been okay, man. Uh, just don't really like the weather right now. In general, I don't like the weather. So, but other than the fact that the weather sucks, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, you know. I got my hoodie to take care of me, just like you got your hoodie, and you know what I'm saying. Y'all, y'all can get that. It's gonna be right here. You know what I mean? Maz is chilling out in Southern California, Los Angeles. They didn't didn't deserve, well, you know. Well, hey man, speaking speaking of the Lakers, they they made a few additions. Um, some people say they they probably had the best free agency. They, they had the best offseason so far in the in this this during. I was gonna say summer, but it's not the summer. You know what I'm saying? But they had the best offseason so far for a lot of people are saying, yo, Johannes and Miles, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I'll let, uh, I'll let Miles go ahead since this is his team first. Yeah. Um, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, if I had to rank them, I'd say my team had the best offseason this year, guys. We made some pretty good, some pretty smart moves. We were able to get a get some treason going on within the city of LA getting Montrez to walk across the street to come to the winning team uh we picked up Dennis Schroeder that's going to be excellent moving into our starting lineup filling that need that we have with Rondo going to Atlanta and we have one of the greatest centers of, for sure first ballot hall of famer in Marcus All. so like our debt look inside the paint and the way he's going to be able to spread the floor, we were able to get – we had to get rid of JaVale and we lost Dwight, and we were able to create some cap room. But since we'll have Marcus All in the middle, we'll be able to have uh, some better um, interior passing, and we'll be able to actually spread the floor because that man can knock some jumpers down. You know, it's, a, it's, it's looking good. And we got Wes Matthews, so that's a good vet. They'll be able to play coming off the bench. You know, we had a – we're continuing to build upon our dynasty, you know. We're just doing doing what we're supposed to do, you know, like like winning coaches do. I'm really happy with what, what we did. Well, uh, I just want to go ahead and say, uh, cut the crap. Marcus O is not a Hall of Famer. This man got abused by Daniel Tice. I don't want to hear it, okay? He had multiple zero-point games against the Boston Celtics, and we don't even have a true center, so you can forget that. That was a great pickup. 
And I will agree with Miles on the fact that uh, the Lakers did have an amazing offseason. I mean, you would have thought that they damn near didn't make the playoffs with the acquisitions that they got. And uh, they did a great job getting rid of uh, Danny Green, who I believe at this point in time, I'm a greater three-point shooter than him. Um, I mean, he was nowhere to be found. And, um, you know, Rondo is a big loss because they do lose that, you know, that championship uh, uh, pedigree and leader. Although they made up with that with Marcus Gasol. Um, and, you know, they still have LeBron and, and company. So they did a great job in the offseason. I give them A+. Plus. I think they did, they did the best possible moves that they could versus, you know, their competitors. And like we all know and agree with, they are a championship uh, franchise, unfortunately. But kudos to them. So you guys are sitting here talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I don't want to be a homer and say my Celtics, but I'm not going to get into that. Honestly, my favorite, my favorite team, so like the, my favorite pickup, I should make this plural instead of singular, is first of all, Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Dunn, and Bogdan going to Atlanta. Bro, like that's just... And they're they're probably they're they're gonna be like the surprising team for me, but adding those additions into the to the already potential the, the potential that the Hawks already had prior into going into the offseason with Trey Young and then Collins as well, like adding all those pieces is just you you're looking at possibly the scariest team in the Eastern Conference right now, other than you know the top tier teams, but they're that they're that team that says that everyone's gonna like mark their calendars and say, damn, we got to watch out for them, you know? So that's, that's my, that's my pick. Yeah. I'd say they're a dark horse and you forget they have Cam Reddish too. We still haven't seen his full potential and they've got, um, they've got some young pieces. They're really young. So it's going to be exciting to watch them. I hope they actually do something this year. I um I do agree with Abdi. I think they're the uh, they're the sleeper of the East. Don't forget they have Clint Capella as well, who did tweet this morning about how um, he's watching and he knows how the Hawks are being undervalued with no nationally broadcasted games this season, which is pretty pathetic. I mean, half the teams in the NBA I could care less about, and I'd rather see the Hawks versus watching the Orlando Magic or. I don't know who else was on there, the Cavs or whatever. I don't really care about these uh, fraud NBA teams, you know. Um, but like you guys said, they have a lot of great pieces. They have, um, uh, what's his name, Kevin Herter, I believe. Dr. Anthony Point Shooter, great guy, great player. Uh, Cam Reddish, I mean, they got a lot of young pieces. They have a great young coaching staff too, and I'm just kind of curious to see if the leadership that Rondo brings in. And even though – Danilo doesn't have any championship pedigree. I wonder if his leadership, his veteran presence uh, will help the team out. But I agree. I think they will definitely make the playoffs for sure. Somewhere between that six to eight seed. But uh, I, I agree with Abdi. I mean, they definitely won the offseason as well. Right. And you talking about all these young guys, Herder and then, bro, like, Clint Capella just like, phew, I, I totally forgot about that. Like, that's that's crazy, the fact that I'm, I'm forgetting about Clint Capella in Atlanta. So that's even, yikes, you know. But how about if we're sticking on to these, these teams that we're looking forward to watching in the Western Conference, you got the, the Hawks in the Eastern Conference. Who are you guys looking forward to seeing in the Western Conference? 
the bubble champs, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The yeah, I guess you could say the bubble champs. I have a better, for lack of a better term, the Phoenix Suns. Man, they got CP3 and Jay Crowder. So, so they're they're gonna be pretty pretty tough. And then Portland as well. Portland Trailblazers ended up getting um, getting a pretty good pickup with um, with Robert Covington. So they got a three and D guy. I like him in the starting lineup a lot better than Carmelo. And the fact that you have Carmelo coming off the bench and re-signing with them, that's that's a pretty formidable team. But I think I already know what the result's going to be. I think you guys can guess what I'm going to say. And us taking the chip once again, like I predicted last season. But the West, I mean, it always continues to become difficult. Um, moving forward, I guess you could say later down the line, looking into the future, OKC is going to be serious when they have all those picks coming in. I can't even list off the whole deal that they had just because it was so lengthy, but there, but that's just, that's just going to be further down the line. And um, the Mavericks, I know we don't talk about them enough. They have um, their center Dwight Powell coming back. So depending entirely on the health of Porzingis, they're going to be, I think they could be uh, easily a three seed going in. So I agree with Miles on the fact that Portland is going to do a pretty damn good job, but I think you undervalue them. They added Robert Covington. They got rid of Trevor Reza, who didn't even play in the bubble, right? He was not there. And you add somebody who's going to be there. And in my opinion, performed really, really well in the bubble. I mean, he's, he's, he struggled with the three-point shot against uh, the Lakers, but overall he was a great player, in my opinion, the third best player in Houston. And you get him, you bring in Ennis Canner back, who did an amazing job for Portland, you know, in the postseason two years ago, right? You uh, uh, get rid of Hassan Whiteside, who he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I thought he did I – don't, I don't think he fit that well in Portland's offense, right? I mean, a big who can't really shoot the ball. You bring back Rodney Hood, right, who, who I think tore his Achilles or ACL. I'm not sure which tore one. Tore ACL. ACL, right. Yeah. And he did a great job also two years ago, right? And then you bring in the young kid from Sacramento, uh, Harry Giles, Jason Tatum's boy, right? Young dude, 22. He's been hit with injuries since high school, but if he just gets a chance, right, in Portland with a great coaching staff, and uh, I think he, he'll have a, a great time there. Also, I want to add the New Orleans Pelicans, right? You bring in Eric Bledsoe. You bring in Steven Adams, right? You get more draft picks in that Drew Holiday trade. You have Zion Willis- Williamson, who has slimmed down, right? And hopefully he can play maybe close to a full season this year. Bring back B.I. on that five-year deal. I mean, they have so many young pieces where it's like, who do you keep for the future, right? And who do you flip? Because you got Eric Bledsoe down there, and now you got Lonzo Ball on his final, final, con- uh, final year of his contract. And, I mean, they got so many young pieces where they could ball out now, ball out later, you know, flip pieces, you know, maneuver what they want to maneuver. And uh, I see both of those teams uh, right now. Dark Horse, I know Abdi will bring this up, the Warriors, right? Everybody counts them out with Klay Thompson. Bro, people slept on Kelly Oubre last year, bro. He balled out. There's a reason why I grabbed him in fantasy last season, right, Abdi? I grabbed him. I had to get him. Balling out, right? 
Steph, if he's healthy, <laughs> I mean, he, he's, Steph, he, he's a unanimous MVP for a reason, right? The only player to ever get that. Draymond, you got Wiggins, who could, he doesn't even have to be Wiggins anymore. He could just be an Anderson, uh, Harrison Barnes 2.0, right? Wiseman, come on, man. You got Eric, Eric Pascal, you know, great rookie last year. I mean, they got a great coaching staff. If they can stay healthy, they will ball out. And the fact that ESPN said that 8% chance of them making the playoffs next season is baloney. If you think that they will not make the playoffs fully healthy, you're out of your mind. So, so going back to, first of all, I told, I, again, Johannes hit me with the, the Wiggins. Like, bro, what? Wiggins, Ubre, and then when, when Clay comes back, you want to go, Miles, real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, if I could interject, just think about how scary they're going to be when Clay Thompson does get healthy. Not for y'all, more for my conference, but man, they made some pretty good pickups. They're actually one of my uh, winning teams in the offseason. And the fact that ESPN, y'all ought to be put in prison for that, whoever made that uh, prediction. That's criminal. How y'all going to say 8% when they literally went to the finals? Like, five, what was it, a five year run when they had going to the finals and y'all put them at an 8% chance? Handcuffed. Yeah, not only that, but ESPN, since we're staying on topic, you know, um, also said the Trailblazers wasn't going to make the playoffs. So that that just, that's, yeah, that's crazy to me, bro. Um, but yeah, man, I agree with a lot of the, the, the teams that you guys have chosen. Johannes, I'm a bit disappointed that you, you, you don't see what's going on in Phoenix and them possibly being a top five team, you know. But yeah, you could you could do all that. You could do all that, bro. But look, they got they got they got Chris Paul, DeAndre, my guys, Jay Crowder, went there. Uh, two weeks ago, we thought it was a big deal, but like it was a big contract. It, when you look at it, it's ten mil every year. So he he took less go to going to Phoenix than he did if he was gonna go sign with Dallas because Dallas had offered him more. But yeah, man. With that being said, man. Um, looking at both conferences, who are the teams that disappointed you guys the most so far? Go ahead, Johannes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I had a lot of teams I want to put it in this uh, uh, equation. Uh, I was going to say the Clippers, but they did add Serge Ibaka, which I think is a great piece and an upgrade from Montrez. But I have to say the Sacramento Kings, man. I don't know who's running that organization. I don't know why that person's running the organization. I don't know if they know basketball. I don't know what, but you lose Bogdanovich, right? You you had the chance to get him back from Atlanta, right? Because he was restricted, and you let him go, knowing that you're not going to add anybody better than him, right? You lose Kent Bazemore, Harry Giles, and who do you replace him with? Hassan Whiteside and Frank Kaminsky, bro. Okay? There was a reason why Hassan Whiteside was traded from Sacramento when he was drafted by them originally. They didn't believe in him. And now they're bringing him back at 31, 32 years old. Can't even shoot the ball that well. I mean, he's, he's really well known for his Snapchat uh, stories. And, yeah, he's just – I mean, they did a great job by giving the max deal to De'Aaron Fox. But I don't know what they're doing with their, with their core. They have – they're paying him. Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes, right? And they're going to eventually have to pay 
Marvin Bagley, who's been injured in and out. I mean, he has great potential, but he's been injured so so much. And their money's tied up with four guys. Harrison Barnes is definitely not worth uh, more than seven figures, in my opinion. But they 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 got to figure out what they're doing in that organization, and uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Okay. And before I get into my losing category teams, um, I think we forgot to mention the Westbrook and John Wall deal. That is yeah, yeah, we're gonna like end, we're gonna trick. we're gonna end the episode with that. Okay, well then I'll hold that for the end. All right, so um, if we're gonna talk about the irrelevant teams, because I I didn't have no relevant teams on my list, I just had contenders. We can talk about the Knicks per usual, being trash, not doing anything, being absolutely silent, didn't make not one move. You know what's cold about it? They still make money off doing absolutely nothing. That's the crazy thing about it. That's just criminal, just like ESPN. But my biggest loser has got to be the Clippers. Let me tell you why. They did lose Trez. And they were able to pick up Ibaka, but you got to look at his deal. He's got that player option. So if they suck, he can walk, and that could potentially lead to Kawhi and PG leaving too. And then the Clippers organization would just be in complete shambles, which I'm actually expecting to happen. Um, The Nuggets, they are going to hurt, not severely, but they're going to hurt not having Jeremy Grant. They should have paid him. I think they could have kept him on and put him on a a good little deal. But, you know, I'm glad for the man. I'm happy he got paid with the Detroit Pistons, but they could have kept him and kept their depth and kept their roster chemistry together. They're going to miss him coming off the bench for sure. And the Rockets, with that ridiculous Christian Wood deal, Christian Woods, I don't, I'm be honest, I haven't heard that name since before the train or before the, the sign happened. Like, they they they're severely lacking with picking him up picking up a we don't know we don't know what boogie's gonna be because of the injury history and we we'll talk about the rest of the trades that they made later and um lastly the charlotte hornets michael one of the greatest players of all time and yet you still decided to sign gordon hayward to it it was a five-year, $125 million contract because he was coming off of the bench. Four-year deal. It's a four-year, $125 million deal. What in his right mind caused him to do that? I have no idea, especially after having such a good draft class, a decent pickup with LaMelo, which I'm really excited to see play. Um, I, I have no explanation for that one, and I think it was a bad move in my opinion. Picking up was is probably one of the best pickups, like most underrated pickups that people have just like not really thought about and put like, because because you look at you look at what Houston lost. We'll talk about that later, but that's I think that's a solid pickup and he deserved Johannes. Johannes could have been family members, but yeah, listen, he deserved he deserved his payday. You know what I'm saying? But. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, though. The Kings definitely did disappoint me this year in, during the offseason. Um, Hassan Whiteside is fragile, bro. I mean, how, how do you let someone go? Yeah, how do you let someone go 
and you don't see the you drafted the guy for for a reason, right? They drafted Hassan for a reason because they the Kings did draft Hassan Whiteside. So you let this guy go, and then you bring him back for even more money, and now you pop, and then you lose, as Johannes said, you lose Bogdan, and then you're gonna lose your best, probably top five shooter in the NBA, and Buddy Hield. You know what I'm saying? Because he wants out. And they also trying to pay. Wait, did, did they give him a contract ex- extension? Yeah, they gave him contract extension last year. Okay, yeah, and the, and they're still paying him at the same time. So it's like, what's really going on over there? That what what had transpired over the off off season so far? Actually, the last two years in, in Sacramento have just been brutal to watch. Um, but yeah, man, let's let's switch over and. I mean, I, I see, I know you guys are ready for the season. You guys are ready to see what these guys say when the media and the press ask them questions because everyone's everyone's listening now, especially in the NBA being such a big platform. Um, Kyrie made a statement yesterday and he stated a few things uh, along, along the lines of not speaking to any media or any press. Um, he said, quote unquote, he said, my goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. And then he went on to say, instead of speaking to the media today, I'm issuing the statement to ensure that my message is properly conveyed. With Kyrie's statements and the comments he made um, yesterday, what do you guys think? Are you guys on his side? Are you guys like, Miles, you want to go ahead and give us your your take? Yeah, it's nothing out of the ordinary for Kyrie to say some outlandish things. But this comment in particular, it, I find it pretty selfish of him. I mean, we all lived through a pandemic. We've all experienced heartbreaks and tragedies at some point and hardship. It's not like we all haven't lived through it. And I think it's pretty – it's pretty uh, – disenfranchising to to the uh to the fans it's a disservice to be honest if you're claiming that you're not going to talk to the media because it hit differently um the media access is is a way for the fans to you know enter and at some capacity getting more in depth with the player you know with the advent of social media we can get in touch with them but this way it's a way to you know it's something that you know, that was implemented so people can get closer to the game. And, you know, it's tradition at this point. And for him to say that, I mean, this is almost as bad as the earth being flat back in 2017. But that's just my opinion. I think he could, if he wanted to voice this statement, um, I think he could have did it a little bit more. He could have explained himself a little bit more and give more reason to it instead of this vague statement he put out. But it's Kyrie. He does stuff like this. I'm not really surprised. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is from a personal standpoint, I understand, you know, obviously 2020 and, you know, the pandemic and, you know, he was really high with the BLM movement and not wanting to continue the season. So I understand from the standpoint that, you know, he doesn't feel um, or he wants to move differently. I do understand that. Uh, just from that, you know, personal standpoint. But from what Miles is saying, and I think Abdi's going to agree 
Uh, I think we're all going to agree on this. Um, you're a leader, right, of a championship contending team, correct? You have a job, right? Your job is to be a leader to your team. They look up to you regardless if you're younger than them or whatever, right? You're the one with the championship, right? You're the one that they brought in, paid the big bucks, brought KD with you, right? You need to act maturely, you know? Uh, we we all have jobs to do, and and just because we don't want to do a certain part of our job doesn't mean, you know, we can't, you know, we're, we're going to stop doing it, you know? Our job is to do X, Y, Z, so we got to do X, Y, and Z, right? We can't just take one of the, you know, duties out of the equation, right? So that's one. Second, he's immature, right? I mean, go, go back to when um, he didn't travel to Boston, right? You know, he was injured, and instead of flying out or driving, whatever, on the bus with his team to Boston, he decided not to show up when the Nets played the, with the Celtics the first time, or his first homecoming back. And, you know, everybody, everybody, you know, in Boston was giving him crap, right? You know, putting up signs saying this and that about him, and he took it to the heart. He posted on IG about five or six different posts talking about how it was immature of the Boston fans and, you know, how it's not his job to show up or wh whatever he was saying, right? He needs to understand that in this business, you have to take uh, the slander and you have to do what you're supposed to do. Do you think LeBron enjoys talking to the media or, you know, uh, the, the 15 guys in Atlanta or, you know, the Cavs or whatever? You know, everybody has talked to the media. That's their job. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, immature and foolish for him to say that. Yeah. And real quick, I think he's kind of got a – that prima donna type of uh, mentality. If I'm being per if I'm being blunt about it, he he's done some things, you know, that are kind of just big headed to me. You know, him not going down to Boston like you just spoke on Johannes. I think that's just him not being able to face the fans because you know, you know what he did. You know, that's just me. But he's human, and I can't explain human behavior. But Abdi, you go. Ahead. Um, I mean, as you guys are stating, like you're you're in the NBA for a reason. Um, a lot of people back in the days when there was no social media, when there was no apps or nothing, would literally pay fifty cents just to open up the newspaper. Um, they would literally open up a newspaper just to see what the what Shaq said, what Kobe said, and they'll pay fifty cents for that. The fact that you're saying no to doing your due diligence as, a, as an athlete is, is, is wrong in many ways. But I also understand where he's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like me personally, I hate talking to people. I, I'm like, I could be very introverted and I could be very extroverted. It, it depends on the type of person, you know, the type of energy. But as we've seen throughout Kyrie's career, he's been extremely introverted. You know what I'm saying? And mental health, I feel like has a lot of, a lot to do with it, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you're, you're literally the face of the NBA, pretty much. You know, well, not pretty much, but like you're, you're a big face in the NBA, and people want to hear what you have to say. So I feel like that, that also gets, you know, misconstrued. And so I know we, we kind of skipped over it when we were talking about free agencies, but recently there was a, there was a trade that had happened, a big blockbuster trade between Russell Westbrook and John Wall and Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards. Give me a take on that, folks. Well, 
Uh, I think both teams won that trade, in my opinion. Um, I think John Wall fits better in Houston's offense, to be to be perfectly honest, because you're going to get a lot of those um, a lot of the, a lot of those spot up shots that John Wall could actually potentially hit more. His shooting percentage was it was a marginally better than Russell Westbrook's spot up shooting percentage. So I think he'll fit well, and Russell Westbrook being the explosive athlete that he is I think is literally just like honestly it's like trading a trading a chess piece for the same one like you you basically got a queen for a queen on the chessboard so um he'll be able to mesh well with um with their other star in um why am I forgetting this boy's name um in Washington somebody give me his name why am I forgetting his name Bradley Bill Bradley Bill, duh, sorry. So they're going to mesh real well. Um, they're going to be a formidable backcourt, in my opinion. And they're going to both be, both teams be fun to watch. We'll see who won the trade based on each other's performance. But uh, I think John Wall fits better slightly in that offense down in Houston. I think um, you're going to see a lot of those uh, transition high-intensity um, passes from Russell Westbrook in Washington, like he, like you were able to get back in OKC. So that's going to be a fun season for sure for both of those teams. I mean, um, I slightly agree, but slightly disagree. Uh, I think Washington definitely won the, uh, the trade with the fact that they're bringing in somebody who's been consistent, been playing consistently, you know, who's actually been playing every NBA season. And in my opinion, a better leader than John Wall um, from the fact that, you know, he, you know, John Wall's done a lot of things off the court where it's 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 been really questionable, you know, as a leader of a franchise like that, whether it's throwing up gang signs or, you know, you know, being seen at the clubs doing, you know, X, Y, Z. I mean, obviously, he's done a lot for the community, but I'm just saying from a leadership standpoint, you know, I don't know if that was what Washington wanted down the line. Russell Westbrook, uh, uh, Bradley Beal, both fathers, you know, they, they both love their kids a lot. And I feel like they just bond off that. And um, they would have that, in my opinion, that same... Um, uh, relationship is Russ and PG, right? You know, Bradley Beal and PG both don't don't need the ball. They're not ball dominant. You know, they can Russ can find them in the wing. You know, hit the three, whatever they got to do. Um, and they got a, good, a lot of good pieces. You know, they got uh, Abdi's favorite player. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Rui Rui Hashimura. So Rui Hachimura. Yeah, and he had a oh, great I thought, great. I season. thought you were gonna. I, I thought you go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So him. Uh, the kid from Israel is pretty good. I don't know his name, but I've seen some highlights. Uh, you know, they got Thomas Bryant. They got Torrey Brown. I mean, they got a, little, a lot of great young pieces. And um, if John Wall could stay healthy, um, which everybody is saying that he's been looking great, um, that would be a huge upgrade for Houston. Um, he's a better three-point shooter than Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's not amazing, but he's a better three-point shooter than Russ. Uh, you know, could shoot the ball, play a little bit off ball, not really. Um, and you know, if, if he has a lot to prove, I mean, with two major injuries and his mom, passing with his mom, I feel like he's going to come out and prove that he still has it. And hopefully if Boogie and everybody stays healthy, Houston does got something. So I think both teams might have a W on their hands, but for now I'm saying Washington has won the trade. Oh, I'm going to be honest with you. When, when I, when I heard you say favorite player, I thought you were going to talk about my guy, Boogie, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be beautiful to watch this year for those haters. Hey, listen, Johannes, if you have something to say, you got three, you got four minutes and thirty seconds.
I just want to say, look, he's a great player, and I did say a long time ago that I wanted him in Boston. But Abdi is his biggest fan, right? And he's always wanted Danny Ainge to get boogie. But real quick, he's come off three major inju- major injuries: the quad injury, ACL, and Achilles. Right? He, I still think he'll play well. I just don't think he's going to be the boogie that we all assume. And he, I think he's going to just move way too slow for two quick guards like Harden and and John Wall push, pushing the ball. So, I mean, we'll see. But I'm not huge on him. Well, hey, he's coming from a championship franchise that didn't want him. So I, that's a red flag. I don't know what else. Because <laughs> I thought we were going to re-sign him. And then I thought about it. Yeah, those injuries are tough, man. Still love you, Boogie. The only reason you guys let him go was because he was injured. Point blank, period. Okay. Right? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all, y'all did that. In sync and everything. Don't listen, bro. Listen, listen. I'll be for real with you guys, okay? Boogie Cousins, healthy, a healthy Boogie Cousins. Cause you know what? I'm gonna just say right now, he's gonna be the best center in the, in the league if he was healthy. Point blank, period. You know what I'm saying? But listen, man. That's it for today. Um, y'all know who it is. It's up D. King Testify. King Testify. Yeah, my bad. Miles and y'all know me, little gap. Yes, sir. You know I mean? Listen, homie, look, look, look. Johannes got his little half court um Black Lives Matter sweater on. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can get that right here. It's gonna be in the middle of the screen. You feel me? Do that. Follow my boys on this social. It's gonna be right there on the bottom of the screen. Um, yeah, peace.